Hello, sports historians. Welcome to Video Podcast, episode number 52. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Wow. Hope everyone is doing all right, and I hope we can all stay together and get through these tough times. We have a very special episode for you. It's the first ever video podcast interview in the 7428 studio. Well, actually, there was one with the box cobbler, but we lost it. So we found this one, and on this episode, we interview a volleyball legend, both as a player and a coach. Talking about Mike Boley, the head boys volleyball coach at Loyola High School in downtown Los Angeles. Mike has won six CIF Southern Section titles, four state titles, and the 2009 ESPN Rise National Championship. As a player, he in fact won an AVP Pro Beach event, but it's his two championships and his status as the GOAT of the legendary Venice Backyard Championships where his legend was truly born. This recording took place on August 19, 2019. We are pleased to present that volleyball legend, Mike Boley. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan. One that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. All right, just a little reminiscence in an uh, in, uh, effort to eventually put together some kind of catalog of interviews, oral histories of the VBC. There's a lot of memories. God, isn't there? There's though? a lot of history. How many people come up to you all the time and just want to talk about it? I just saw, just recently, I was at uh, the Six Man yeah. in Manhattan Beach. And uh, just with what I do for a living and being around the game still, uh, a young man walked up and said, Hey, do you guys ever have that backyard tournament anymore? And I was like, <laughs> What? All right. And, you know, he was quite, he was a little younger than I was. I would say a good 10 years younger. But, he remembers our last one and being a young kid there and remembers yep. how cool it was, the environment. And I just thought, wow, if we touched that guy, yeah, the people that actually played and came to that every year for... I just recently found that out, too, by uh, reconnecting with a kid that I had coached whose daughter is now going towards high school. And we were just kind of connecting on that. And he just brought up the VBC and he said, you didn't know how important it was for us to just be close to you guys. Mm -hmm. Like, if we got to just work the VBC... Uh, that's cool. Then we got credibility with our own social group, and we could have people tag along, and they were so impressed that we just knew you guys. And for us, that was way off our radar. We were just looking for people to move benches. Well, that and that's the thing <laughs> about us is that it wasn't this corporation. It was a bunch of family members and friends that got together and wanted to do this. And, and wanted to do it. We had fun doing it, and we, we made it fun for everybody, whether they were helping us move benches or setting up nets uh, or playing. So it was that was it seems like yesterday, to be honest with you. One of the um, things I like to do um, in the podcast is, um, or just any of these oral histories, is kind of get the origin story. So I'm going to ask you to, like, you know, think back a little bit. So you're born in what, 67? 66. 66. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did um, the house that your folks live in now in Mar Vista, is that the house that you were born in? in no. Effect? So we were born, I was born on, uh, I want to say, Ocean Avenue in Venice. 
in an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment complex. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> I, f- I kind of remember it because below us, in the unit below us, were the Hell's, Hell's Angels. Oh, wow. Which was a bicycle, a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. gang yeah. back in the 60s. Don't go to a yeah. Rolling Stones concert. And they were below yeah. us. If they're and doing I, security, don't go to the Rolling Stones concert. Ex- yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember... Right that time. I remember, uh, you know, these loud noises. And they were actually very cool they didn't bother us but it was a <laughs> large wild. group and okay <clears throat> one thing i do remember is my brother danny who was 13 months younger um yeah. <laughs> getting pushed in his walker down uh, he rolled out of the front door and he got pushed down the stairs and not a not a cut not a bruise just <laughs> weird but um yeah so venice and then we moved over to uh, victoria in venice oh okay that's where i grew yeah, up and sure. went to st mark's and then my older i, I would say probably when I was about 10 or 11 Ends up going up on the hill in Mar Vista. So, so that's when born oh, and raised in per, Venice. What a perfect time at um, to move to where you did, right across from North Venice Little League. Yes. What a perfect. Venice time. has followed me. That is all uh, over. Brilliant. All right. And so I work on Venice Boulevard. Yes, you do now. Strange. That's crazy. Can't get away from Venice. What? Um. All right. So, I, I mean, I know certainly, um, your mom, my first cousin. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure we establish that you're in the next generation down. I know. I don't like to think of it as that, but that's but okay. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. It does hurt and, a little. Um, so she obviously... I'm way more closer to you than my mom is with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. That's I'll take that. Point. That's a good point. I'll take that. <laughs> the, um, the one thing you're going to grow up in the Lennon family was, of course, everybody recognizes the, the influence of music, but it was sports. Sports were so important mm-hmm. to so many of the uncles that passed that down to all their older cousins and stuff. So I know that your mom kind of grew up in that, but your dad in particular was highly athletic. Yeah. He um, <clears throat> he went to, grew up in Culver City. Yeah. He was born in New York, moved out here when he was about two or three years old. And, uh, you know, he was the only boy in the house. He had an older sister. So, uh, you know, a little different path. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went the sport path and was very successful. Ended up, uh, he was a all-city player at Culver City High School in the 60s. In um, now basketball. Basketball volleyball. and baseball. And baseball, Didn't yeah. Didn't pick right, up the game of volleyball until later. Until college, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually got a scholarship to Loyola University, which is now Loyola Marymount which, University. Yeah. Right. And um, for basketball. And played four years there and also started their volleyball program. Yeah. And was the first All-American uh, in 1965 Isn't or that four. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's really a cool story. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, that was, you know, obviously we got a lot of that athleticism and 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 uh, desire to play sports from my dad at an early age. Sure, but and I would imagine know, a lot of exposure. You always have. Yeah. I mean, the same way my boy grew up. You know, there's always a ball, um, mm-hmm. and and then he's around, or you guys were around. Whatever he might have been playing. He might have been in a beach 100%. tournament. He might have been playing in a rec basketball right. league. Whatever. That's where I picked it up is that I followed, you know, uh, I followed my dad up and down the coast. Um, at the time, they didn't have professional beach volleyball, but it was. Like a series of. Series of, yeah. And you had your ratings of, you know, you were an amateur ratings of A, AA, AAA. And, you know, he was fortunate enough to get to a pretty high level. But I remember going to East Beach. Because uh, I always thought it was so weird that they had grass and then sand. I thought the beach is a beach. There's no <laughs> yeah. grass. Yeah. Um, Ocean Park, uh, you know, San Diego, Mission Beach. So sure. I got a chance to see some high-level volleyball. And like you said earlier, you're, I was always around a ball. So 
Right. You know, Danny and I were only 13 months apart, so we'd bump it back and forth, bump with my dad, we'd set him on the net. And so we learned, we learned everything. I and think underrated sometimes too is uh, just the visual exposure to athletics being played well when, when you're really young because you learn in so many different ways, mm-hmm. auditory, visual, whatever it might be. And I think, you know, you're around some advanced players because mm-hmm. they wouldn't be playing on those terms if not. And so anytime you do, you're mimicking what you see. And so your fundamentals are set in in several different ways. Yeah, I was talking about that to one of my uh, friends who used to play with me on the tour. And, um, it, you know, you've, you've got to have a desire to play sports, what, whatever it is. You have to have to de- yeah. a desire to do something to be successful at it. And there's lots of different levels of that. And I think, um, you know, when you talk about visual, you talk about cerebral, uh, there's also that athletic part that you have to have. And, you know, I'd like to say that I'm a visual and was very fortunate enough to be able to be pretty good at all the sports that I played. I, sure. I loved all of them. You know, I was never a great swimmer. I was never, I didn't like the track. Um, but, you know, I don't play golf very often, but I'll go out and hit a golf ball and I'll feel pretty good about yeah, it. You're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, so, and, and that, was, that early exposure makes a big difference, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So you're growing up like that. Do you remember, um, do you remember the first time you... Uh, Got to play in like any kind of volleyball competition? Yes, very well. I just told the story. I was nine years old. Okay. Uh, it was 1975, bicentennial. Uh, no, 76 was the bicentennial year. And there was a tournament held in Playa del Rey, and it was called the Gillis, and it was put on by a bunch of uh, oh, St. Okay. Bernard graduates. Sure. <clears throat> and it's actually going into its 50th year next year. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's it's pretty a, cool. What a great story. And uh, my Uncle Tony, who was a St. Bernard grad, uh, was very close to the two brothers who started this tournament, et cetera, et cetera. So I was aware of it, but didn't know to what extent this tournament actually was. And uh, I, I had bumped the ball around, but my first actual tournament was the Gillis in 1975 with That's my dad, right. uh, who was probably 30s, in his yeah. early 30s. Sure. And I was the first kid to actually play in this tournament, and I was pushed to the front of the net while he took the whole court. Right. Mind you, we're talking about a back a then 30 it, was, by, it was a traditional size. The yeah, 30 by the 30, 30, by, squares, yeah. 30 by 60 court. Yeah. And so I look back at this now and I was like, wow, he took over that whole court. <laughs> of course, yeah. And so I remember my goal or my job at the time was he pass ball? and all I had to do was bump the ball bump straight, straight up, up and he'd go and put it away. <laughs> and I think we ended up taking like a 13th. Like people were getting frustrated because here's this little brat. And, uh, that is fantastic. So it was pretty cool. And then I fast forward, you know, um, 31 years later and I'm playing with my kids. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing which with them. Which is brilliant. Which is which really is, cool. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Now, right around that age is we're growing up in similar circles. Obviously, same family mm-hmm. and stuff. And I remember just starting to play a lot with you when I'm about like 13, 12, and you're about 10 or whatever. And in particular, one of the things now, we both went to St. Mark's School in Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I remembered, I was pretty good in basketball, and I was going to go to St. Bernard, and the coach there um, was already asking me about you. Because for some reason, he saw you play like on the sixth grade team or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's your cousin? Oh, you're coming here? That's good. you got to make sure your cousin comes here. And then by the time I started to play basketball at St. Bernard, ninth and 10th grade year, he wouldn't leave me alone because he would see you yeah. play in the Catholic school league, which was hosted at in St. the high Bernard's. school. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you invited me to your banquet. 
I think in the gym. Oh, right. You made me, you said, Hey, you got to come to this. And I was like, Oh, and I, <laughs> some recruiting we didn't know we were involved. Yeah. In. <laughs> and I had no idea. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a little African American guy who was the head yeah, coach. Donovan, think, Green. Donovan Green. And, you know, he gave me a sales pitch and sh- showed me the that's locker brilliant. room. And, oh, uh, that's so good. yeah. So, you know, so I, I took a different path, but, yeah. uh, at the time I didn't know what he was doing. I just thought it was a cool guy like that really liked the way I played. And so you, you shunned me and the Vikings to go to Loyola. I did. I shunned you. And yeah. And what, what do you remember? Um, why Loyola? Um, you know, I don't, uh, my parents actually threw the idea out, and I don't know why. I think they, my dad had gone to school with, was a few years older than the head basketball coach, Bill Thomason, who mm-hmm. was a Loyola U grad. Yeah, basketball who ended there. up being their AD and so forth. And he was their head yeah. basketball coach. And I think there was some comfort there. And, and I look back at it now, and I bet you Bill talked yeah, to my dad and said, hey, we he, need to get he, Michael here. He went here. through How the right get... recruiting yes, agent. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and for, you know, I mean, Loyola is, what, about 1,000 boys, all boys? Right now? Okay. Yeah, or at the it's time. It's about 1,200. About 1,200. Mm-hmm. Oh, boys, but it's the oldest, oldest school. Oldest school in Southern California. It used to be like St. Vincent's College, yep. and then it re, re, it turned Relocated into like Loyola to Loyola yeah. Marymount. And yeah, so uh, it's got this tremendous legacy. Yeah, yeah it city. still stands at 1901 Venice. And it's so great. And another full circle for you there to come back as the head yeah. volleyball coach and is a business manager. Director of business operations and, and financial aid. And to, so you do that to, you know, that's another mm-hmm. fun full circle. So you, so you play high school there. Now, um, you didn't play volleyball there, but you played baseball, right? I did. The, the story is uh, I was not real big. As you know, the Lennons don't. Actually, you matured pretty quickly and grew pretty fast. I was number seven in the family. Yep. So my mom was still cooking for seven, even though everybody left. Okay. So Interesting. I got yeah, so I was, we, I was well fed. I wasn't as blessed as you were with the seven in the family. <laughs> but you came over for cooking. dinner. We did. <laughs> meat the pie. Meatloaf, meatloaf pie was, <laughs> was pretty darn good. Yep. Uh, but I, I wasn't real big. I wasn't real physical. I was probably five, six going into my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I was tried out for the basketball team, made it, no problem. And then my next sport was going to be volleyball. And I went out there, and I was – very coordinated. I knew how to play the game, and I was looking at some of these guys, and I remember getting cut. From volleyball? From volleyball. Oh, that's brilliant. And I went, <laughs> I don't mean wow. that. I, I was, mean, that's no, like, but I was. Like, when you come full circle on It this, was so wow. weird because I thought, I've never been cut in a sport in my life. And at the time, the coach was a physics teacher uh-huh. uh, who <laughs> had just came over from St. Anastasia's, and I, I realized 30 years later that a lot of his guys were ex-St. Anastasia kids. Sure. And, uh, so I get cut and I don't know how to tell my dad or mom that I got cut. So I kind of keep it from him for a little bit. And I decided never to try out for volleyball again. Wow. But I knew there was something in my belly that, would, that I would prove all of those guys wrong somehow, some way, somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, I think I was about eight years, nine years out of high school, maybe seven years. And I got a postcard from Loyola High School asking asking us to come back to an alumni game uh, where pros Michael Boley, Robert <laughs> Chavez, Steve Rotman. Because you're playing pro beach volleyball yeah, this time. and I was like, I never I even played volleyball program. here. Yeah, jackass, I got cut. <laughs> and uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> great story to tell, but I do use it for my program now. Like, sure. I'm a good example, but also a bad example because I thought I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to – but I went out and worked pretty hard and – you know, again, blessed with some athletic talent and then that belly in my, that desire in my belly. Yep. Um, 
Well, that's a, I had a great that's, time. That's important for coaches to share good, and positive, and yeah, and negative lessons. Yeah, you know, um, with and it's with for kids that are getting cut or kids that are going to make yeah. the team. Like, hey, don't do what I did. Go work hard and try and come back. You know, and so now you uh, played basketball there too mm -hmm. at Loyola, mm -hmm. and this is where you and I kind of pick up because I might have a couple years on you, but then we go off to the College of the Desert, Junior to, College, to play again. a little bit of basketball out yeah. there. You you actually turned me on to it, yeah. and I was stuck because I was getting recruited by Division three schools and uh, I think Division two, but just wasn't really set on school yet and was kind of confused. And I said, you know, it's not too bad to go to a junior college for a couple of years and then maybe get out. And now concurrent around this time too is we're you know we're playing some rec basketball and stuff like that, but what we're doing a lot is we're playing both on the beach and then we'll finish playing on the beach and we come to my backyard. And, and, and we just play under the mm -hmm. minimal lights mm -hmm. in my backyard. Very minimal lights, if I remember correctly. And, and we would just play game after yeah. game. Yeah, because we social, had a solid group. Yeah, we had a solid group, good social fun, mm -hmm. and we're having a good time doing mm -hmm. that. So now I know in the College of the Desert, it's, it's kind of concurrent, but it's right around this time. It's 83. Mm -hmm. We're playing, you know, a lot in my backyard and stuff. And now tell the story of how you decided. Hmm without really involving me or, you know, the landlords of the place. I know. To throw a tournament in a I backyard that wasn't that. yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just from playing recreationally in the backyard after a golfing event or a mm -hmm. basketball, whatever it was, during the summer, coming home from the beach. I remember Venice sure. 27th Ave. We'd come home and play. we'd play. And we'd order Domino's pizza. You know, <laughs> yep. I remember that so vividly. Like, we just ordered Domino's pizza and we'd have that. But um, I think growing up in our family, we, we loved parties. Yep. You know, the Lennon family loves parties. They had to make a big deal out of something. They make big deals out of them. And mm -hmm. uh, I thought, how cool, in my mind, would it be to have some type of a, a volleyball event? Like, God, Denny, we, we have your little backyard. We can just have a select few come over right. and whether we have trophies or not, but I just, it just came to my mind real quick. Like we could have a fun little tournament and not to mention in the back of my mind was I'm going to win the first one. Like I'm, I'll be the one <laughs> right. that comes down as the first guy who wins the tournament. Um, so that's how it all kind of came out. I think. And then how did Ray get involved at this point? I think I was so scared to tell you or ask you cause I didn't know what you would say. I was like, Ray, I think we should. And Ray just said yes to everything. Like let's he was like, it. Oh, let's do it. That would be great. And I think, uh, did you came, go on foot with the first, we walked on foot through the neighborhood, door and to door, like weird. Yeah. It was weird. And, and put these. And put these like flyers. I don't even know. What, like what was I We were inviting like people we're, we had no idea. Like yeah, they here. Play. Yeah. yeah. Like here you go. That is hilarious. Now, I don't have that first flyer, but Whoa. that one right there is the second flyer. So the first year. That is awesome. The first year. Um, oh, my gosh. The first year comes. By the way, I want to put this out there. I want whoever's got a first-year um, mm. program to come. I mean, uh, invite to come forward and and show that to us. But then that first year goes off pretty good. Yeah, well, let's go back to that because, come to think of it, we're handing out flyers on a piece of paper that we Ray I think had made up and scribbled to people that we don't even know. Like, <laughs> and I don't even know if they showed up or not. But it ended up being more people of our came family to the and close friends. I didn't know. Maybe, yeah. I yeah, remember that because I, I sure we had was. like 13 teams or some yeah. odd number. 
And it I was, was good at uh, making brackets because I would do it at St. Mark's for my PE job yes. all the time. So it didn't matter. You give me nine mm -hmm. teams, seven teams, You'll I can make a bracket. Out. So I just yeah. remember like being able to make the brackets. And I think I have that bracket somewhere. Wow. But more important was, remember, we just didn't plan anything. No. And so it was just Darlene Bible volleyball. ran. She was like kind of family to me. She ran back over to her house to get some old trophies mm -hmm. of hers, and we put tape over it and put mm -hmm. first place. Yeah. Again, an archive I'd love to see. Yeah. We don't have those? I don't know. Yeah, that would sure be fun. So, so, so we, get, we pull that first year off, and mm -hmm. then we figure we got some. Yeah, because I think that was just in our blood. Like, it was, it was a party that we could make better every yeah. single year. And, you know, I think bit by bit, we were adding more and more family members to come in and help out. Yep. We increased the, the backyards sure. because we had six or seven family members living on the same block. So there's a few clues on this second one. Uh -huh. um, one that's interesting is we call it the Venice Backyard Open because the first year it was unofficially kind of just termed the Den Dog. The Den Dog, day, yes. Right? But this, and then I think that says also known as the Den Dog somewhere on there. But yeah, we called AKA. it, yeah. But we called it Venice Backyard Open. So this would be the before the year we even went to Venice Backyard Championships. Mm -hmm. And I like this up here where it says Denny and Ray present. I'm just looking at that. <laughs> I'm just Hooray. looking at that. Ray, it's solid. How did he sneak that in without <laughs> – and I bet you if he was here, he'd say, oh, yeah, I was uh, – Dude, I asked I, you. I, yeah, I asked you and you said it was okay. <laughs> Denny and Ray present. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah, so, thank you for bringing that yeah, to my attention. Yeah, you should know. You, you should call know. Ray and see if And look at how much the entry fee was, which is great. Wow. Two big bucks. Two dollars. Right? Which we were probably stoked because we Did probably we got like that? 50 bucks or something. So wow. we were stoked. Like that was enough to run it. Now, what happens is it grows, obviously. Mm -hmm. 84 gets a little bigger. 85 gets bigger. And now we start to bring like you Why said, 84? Because why did it get bigger, 84? Well, yeah. no. I, don't, I think you're, we didn't expand until 80, 87. Yeah, but 84 was a big year. Oh, because of the Olympics. Because of the Olympics. That's yeah. such a good call. And... That is such a yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, oh. we didn't realize it. Right, we didn't realize but it, that, but that keeps, oh. and our our men won the gold our men medal. Won the gold card first time because the they boycotted seventy six. That's boycotted 70, 80. Se, 80. Sorry, eighty. Yeah, eighty. Wow. Yeah, so it was oh. a big deal. Like I do remember that's us what got playing volley. the anthem, yes. and putting up the flag, and yes. doing. Oh wow, that is solid. Eighty four. So eighty four is big. Yeah, we didn't know it back then. We didn't. God, that's great. But we were doing something pretty cool. And I remember on the heels of that what was our U.S. men's team 80, did. So eighty four got a lot bigger. Eighty five, I remember, was when it started to overflow in the backyard because people started to like climb over the fence. Yeah, it, it started to get a little crazy, but it, it was fun. Bob and Jeanette did not appreciate that. No, and yeah. people would even climb they, over the roof. Yeah, to get into the backyard they, or fly yeah, on the roof, jump off the roof. All kinds of fun yeah. stuff. Eighty six would have been the last year. Were, on one court. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember because I won that year, and we went from mm -hmm. 6 a.m., and the last ball went down about midnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I it was remember, a 32-team yes. double elimination tournament, one court. Mm -hmm. And that sounds completely outrageous, but that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. And we, had, we didn't know any different. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. It was just Can we you played. imagine that? And people were there. Double elimination. People would sit there. But again, at, it was. From starting at 6 in the morning and stay there. It was a party. And everybody would stay there. Yep. Yeah. It was a big, fun party. And, you know, it just, it just kept metastasizing it was like what wow. are we doing here all of a sudden we there are people something. that would show up that you didn't know yeah because they were friends of friends and you're like okay yeah because and then they were trying to get in it was cool what we were doing yeah it was cool but we didn't it was just our family putting on something because that's what we knew how to do and and, and nobody's afraid of the microphone 
No. And we're making a big oh, deal out of nothing. My gosh. Attitude award. Cinderella. First team out was a good, was a brilliant call. Do you ever look back to first team out? That was good because we first team a, out was good. Remember they'd be eliminated first, and we'd be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, we yeah. make the whole tournament stop." Oh my gosh! We get a standing lap. ovation, victory yep. lap. Mm-hmm. Yep, king and queen. That got in- instituted, I think, pretty, pretty early. Pretty early. Yep. But you know, we would have been really good at doing our own TV show of some sort at that time. Oh my gosh! It, well, this like, is I, kind of. I mean, it's it's a really good, like we we did a lot of fun video stuff right. where we inside the VBC inside the VBC we we had that and we would do this, but it was so internal. Right. We didn't you know we didn't share it enough, and that's kind of the impetus behind wanting to create all these oral histories behind mm-hmm. it, and then eventually duplicate all those tapes yeah. and bring bring it all together in some kind of documentary form because we'd love to leave that behind for your kids oh. and, and 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 my kids and and all the let alone everybody else because. It was this confluence of events. I, I I think at the same time Venice is beginning to gentrify. Mm-hmm. So, but it was still authentic Venice at that time. That said, and then the whole Lennon family legacy there, and then just little things like we had to fit courts into these backyards. But at the time, the Olympic Beach Court was still an indoor size. Mm-hmm. But within by ninety two ninety three. It had moved to the size that we were, in effect, using in the backyards. Right. So it's kind of interesting, all we these little things. We started that. I'll call that. I'm, why not? I'm, I've been on that side. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. That was us. We started. I want to know when we started uh, expanding. I think you said it was 86, so, 87? I think, I think it was 86. And it was, a, was it Billy Blazers. Blazer's backyard? Right. So we, we opened up. My, it was my aunt across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Aunt Mary's, and so then we went to Blazers. But do you remember walking on down the, and knocking on doors like there was the Pistanas? Yeah, can we use your can we use the Dolans? Can we use your backyard? You want to use the backyard? Yeah, we'll make it look nice. We promise it'll look cool. Once it got to the Nargies, I mean, Sisters, remember? Yes, um, and Sisters, they were so. And then we started to create so Billy's, which was the Blazers. He called that the Meadows because he was so the proud meadows. of how nice it that was grass beautiful. was. Beautiful. And then Aunt Sisters was Isabel's court. Isabel's court, which was a little heady uh, for yeah. our crowd, but. You yeah, know, if you knew your Spanish history, you could get that joke. Yeah. And then we'd we'd park everybody at the vacant lot. Remember, we had to go talk to the Malin family that owned that lot mm-hmm. and say, "Can we park here? Mm-hmm. Nobody'll get towed." And that was we had to close parking. off the streets. We, and that was, you know, who that was? That was Jeff Flores played for me at St. Mark. His dad was a LA, police, yes. and he showed up one time, and he goes, "You should block the street off. This is dangerous." I go, "How do we do that?" He goes, "I'll do it for you." Right. And he did it the next year, moving forward. That was, but again, that wasn't our goal. It's not what we had in mind when we first started this. It was just a fun tournament, and it just kept going and, kept and growing and growing. It was like, now well, what do we do? little things started happening. Like, this This is 89 when we started to merchandise a little bit. Wow. Right? Um, that was um, that was uh, Bill Jimbo. That's Bill, right. Bill Jimbo, yep. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that great? And then, um, so, so that started happening, and I think what really was um, – a mind-blowing thing that happened, and I know it followed you as it followed me, was this article uh-huh. that came out. And this is we're going all the way up to '92 at this point. Uh-huh. So by this time, we really had gotten pretty big, but we were still just in my backyard as far as the championship court. Uh-huh. But um, what it happened with this article was, um, I was the announcer on Women's Pro Beach Volleyball. Yes, and this was supposed to be about me being an announcer, but. When the guy came to interview me, I kept bragging about this tournament. And he said, do you mind if I just turn this around? And, and, and I said, please. And wow. so then it became this. And this followed me everywhere. 
everywhere we went, they would go, dude, oh, for the get... backyards. Yeah. It was like, that was just such a big thing. And I didn't think Volleyball Magazine had that much of an outreach, mm-hmm. but it sure did in our community. I think that put us on the map for yeah, a lot of people. Great, yeah. And I, th- it hit a lot of people, you know, regardless of, you know, uh, how small volleyball is compared to a, a sport like basketball or major league baseball. It, it put us, it put us somewhere because it was so unique in how it was done. Yeah. Backyards and then, and, all and, on one block. Yeah. 20 by stupid. 20, 20 by 20. And, courts? And I love it. He goes 10 years ago, three teens started a tournament in the backyard. Today it's grown. You know, he like he. Got Did you the show vibe. Ray that that he there's the three teens, yeah, not two? Yeah, no, no, okay, no, I just so want to make sure. <laughs> just tell him that there's you three teens. You can add the next one. Yeah, no, not two. Uh, but and this overhead shot. What's funny about that is uh, Tony Dolan, who that was one of the houses across the way was the Dolans, and um, he he had a pilot's license, but what he did was he, I think it might have been suspended, but he still got his plane off the ground from Santa Monica, and he took up a photographer who wasn't all too happy about this, Mm-mm. but they. Dropped well below where they should have. Mm-hmm. Got this shot, and then he got arrested back at Santa Monica Airport yes, for flying did. on a suspended license and for <laughs> dropping too low. But we got the shot, and they made it to Volleyball Magazine. Yes, so way worth, worth it. it. Yeah, way worth it. And we didn't end up paying for his bail. We didn't bail him out either. <laughs> no, right? we did not. Yeah. Okay. So we're okay. Tony's on his own. Yeah, we grew absolutely. And the media really started to grow. Yeah. Which, well, volleyball was picking up in general, too. The yeah. beach game was definitely pick, picking up. And I had just started to play. My first year on the tour was in 89. Uh, and so I was meeting a bunch of the big players. And you're bringing and, them around. Yeah. and But I I never once thought they'd want to come and play in our little backyard tournament. But, but dude. And, it, and, and we got to say our cousin's band was very popular. Denny. So they were bringing a lot of yes. people around. So everybody knew that they, that, that whole community was going to be there. And then it started to be like a St. Bernard reunion, a St. Mm-hmm. Monica reunion, Saint a Venice Mark. High reunion, a St. Mark. So it started to be this collection of everybody coming back because they were like, wait, this mm-hmm. is the place you got to be. Well, let's not forget about bringing in a very well-known Mexican restaurant that catered our event. Oh, yeah. With Gilbert's. Come on. Yeah, everybody was fired up. We had Mexican that. food well, in we the also, center of the street. We also found a and way And people were like, Gilbert's, is, Gilbert's El Indio is catering? Yeah. And it was... Some of the best um, the photos best. I got is um, is it was still in my backyard, and I had Flea Busters oh as a sponsor. Gosh. And we did a homemade sign and just put it up on the roof. Flea so Busters. Flea Busters. I yeah. thought, wow, that's branding. Those were some of my that funnest times because it's making cold calls to these big corporations. I remember Snapple <laughs> was a call that I had to make. And I just – We'd be in my room. Yeah. <laughs> Domino's Pizza sitting in your garage, you know, and, yep. and making calls and really trying to sell this like we were going to make millions of dollars. <laughs> And I think our title sponsor came in at maybe two thousand, three thousand dollars for that one year, and we were like, "What?" Yeah, and like, it was like, "What do we do with this?" Everything. Yeah, yeah. and it was care, yeah. it was cool because we had graphic designers. We had in our family, we had, uh, you know, you were an event manager. You, it was just everybody played such a huge part in in getting this to so to where we were. Something that's kind of a a trip is. Um, I recently went to uh, get some of our videotapes um, repurposed and, or, or rather, um, old videotapes and put them. So here's some of the media from these days. We could just like let this play and and remember some of it, but um, kind of cracks me up. Oh my gosh! Remember this guy? Yep. And he's like. He's like, you know, the Venice. This is during the. 
look at you. I so now you're look at how we put up that big drape in the backyard. Now this is when we had moved to the front yard, right? And so, who is that? That, is that was Kent Waterbury or something like that. Oh. So there's the front yard, and you can just see like this whole visual when you get these wide shots. How many people were showing up? What it was like to just be hanging out. So the, look at the backyard. Wow. We we put in so much work. <laughs> And we used all of our connections, right? Oh, yeah. AVP came AVP, in and handed us all WPBA. the banners. Our sponsors came in with all the clothing. And and then bringing in Uncle Jim originally, yeah, that's, famous boxing announcer, but then he would follow up with that. Yeah. was brilliant, right? That was one of my biggest, fondest memories is having Uncle Jim. Yeah. Uh, Boy, this is great what you guys are doing. Have him know? there. Having some of our, my great uncles, your uncles, yep. there watching something that they started in the 40s you know because uh this is now important for them i think to see you're gonna get to see this but i do want to talk about something because you blocked this ball to win and i think that's the first time you ever won because you remember we gave you a hard time for not winning that tournament yeah you did it was didn't we though yeah the bridesmaid yes i was Uh, do you remember the one program we had not a, a monkey on your back but a gorilla a gorilla was on your back. Yeah, I was not was happy a big about picture. that one. That was pretty yeah, ugly. Yeah. We rode that pretty hard. That's for a while. okay. I ended up redeeming myself and and finally got a couple of victories. <laughs> yes, you did. I want to say <laughs> I came on I, strong. Yeah, I think I was strong. I was the only other than Mark Pitbull Lennon, our other cousin. Yeah, that's right. To win I think two. To win two. Or back to or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, there are some fun years here. Um, one of the things I think it's a trip is when you look at these. Um, the backyard, how it used to be. We would do the national anthem, of course. Um, wow. But look at this. Now, the last thing we watched was probably 92 or so. But this is what it looked like in the second year or third year. This is 85. 85. You go into the rock garden. Yeah. Off the wall. Off the wall. Solid, right? Isn't that one of the plays that that's we the, talk about? We always was, talk about that. Now, yeah. that's, a, that's a young Mike Bowley. Jeez. So that's, oh, that's oh, Dan Oh, my cousin Lennon. Danny. Yep. I think yeah. this is a second Underhand place serve. Right. And then oh, remember, this bad is Mark Curry, the bad He's the bad boy of the tournament, and he would always yell at his... his uh, he, yes, he would. God, would he yell? Yes, And at the time, they would. were dating. I remember he kind of either threw a ball off her or yelled really bad, and, man, we went right out and gave him the uh, Attitude Award. This footage is... Uh, is that classic right pretty there? Pretty cool. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. One of the things that um, – we'll just let this play in the background because there's a few of these. But one of the things that I was um, opposed to was the um, the move of center court from my backyard to the front yard. Although I certainly got my mind around why. It, it just got too big for the backyard. Right. We had to have a home base where everybody could get to without having to go in gates yeah. and all of that stuff. Cause we had a huge bracket board and we're going up to like mm-hmm. 80 teams. I don't know how many teams mm-hmm. we finally got up to and they're coming from all other areas, but I just, no, I put was, up a fight. Just, it was like, you, you're you tearing down Fenway park. I, you had to. And I, yeah. I, I agree with you, but it was for the better of the tournament to have that. Moved out there. And we did, it wasn't like it was crappy, uh, uh, it was a great. Court. It, was it was a great court. Beautiful court under a beautiful macadamia yeah, tree. Yeah, the macadamia tree was yeah, just that beautiful. Was nice, right? Yeah, we had oh, some we great could, hedges. Remember, we'd have to bring all the benches over from St. Mark, all of the lunch benches. Mm-hmm. We'd bring over they and the little league bleachers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had to make sure we promised we we'd rented get them back. bleachers. We rented bleachers. We did a we lot did, of things. That's right. Yeah, we rented bleachers. It got to the point where we we were accommodating the crowds that we knew we were going to get. 
And that was something, it was, it was almost like a mini pro event. It really was. And it so was, many of those. Now, one of the um, <clears throat> things I asked Ray point blank, and I'll just ask you. Okay. Because this is one of the great controversies that follows this legendary event. <laughs> was that draw on the up and up? In other words, we always had tagged the top half was A's and the bottom half was B's. And we certainly did some maneuvering on who was an A and who was a B. But there has been some that mm-hmm. have claimed that there was division within the A's, within the B's, and that we manipulated the teams. I'm going to bet that Ray said he absolutely did not manipulate the team. He denied it. I, I will. And then he just said, let's move on. So he denied it very shadily. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, I'd like to move on to the next question. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have the next question for you. Perfect. Who would you tag as the greatest team ever? Greatest team ever. Yeah, to win a VBC. And I'm, I'm going to be selfish and say I think it was the 86 team that's, that was able to do a 32-team double limb undefeated Til and win midnight. at midnight. Okay. That would have been uh, Tony Lennon and his partner. I, I'll, I'll put you there. Uh-huh. But I'm going to say there's an asterisk. What? what? Well, only because <laughs> you have a team like Michael Lennon and Mike Sanders. Wow. That's a good call. That a beat good call. me. It's a very good call. He beat Danny Venue. Come on. He beat the he beat DB. Yes. And MB. Me and Tim Mathis, Madison. Yes. I got and it. And okay. I look back at that. that was like, How did that happen? Me too. How did that happen? That's weird. So I, would, I have I, to give them credit for God, what they did that's too. Solid. I, I do. I, I'm not taking away because you played a lot longer because at the time we were expanding to more courts. Yeah. But oh, wow. you, you probably get the edge you because know, I, you played all the way to midnight. It, it, I'll give you the edge on that. But, but I also from do a bring talent standpoint, that, that team. Was, that's the greatest Cinderella team ever. 100%. Like they, that's a good yeah. call. We'll call it the Cinderella team. Okay. I, I'll give and, you that. And, and Mike Lennon may not be savvy enough to know that that's a least lesser award than greatest team ever. So we can get away with pushing that. But Sanders would come back strong on that. Sanders would for sure come back. <laughs> yeah. Michael, not so much. But, yeah. But that's where I would, I would, I would tend to agree with you on that. Yes. I would put, who did you win with? You win with Billy I O'Connor. With Michael Mike, Blazer. Right. Which was fantastic. The dude. The dude. He was doing 360s. Yes. And, and not hitting the ball. Just 360s s- out of Nervous, scared to death. Like a golden retriever. Panicking, would shake and if yep. he had a bad set. And, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't set the ball away. And then Billy O'Connor. But I think that Billy O'Connor is such a, um, if you're going to um, do a movie, like a scripted movie, mm-hmm. I think you start with Billy O'Connor sitting because he, he was one oh house away, gosh, yes. and he would sit out on his roof and look down at all of the adults playing yes. and think how cool those guys are. And he's like six, seven, yeah. eight. And ten years later, he's a good athlete. He comes over, he gets you, and he wins the championship. And he pretty much says as much on the microphone after, which I thought was such like a cool like Venice story. Yeah, that's a, that, that is pretty cool. I just, I just hooked up with um, Billy uh, kind of on accident, but he sent me an email – regarding something with Loyola, I sent him a picture of the Argonaut that was in, uh, yep. that we were in after we won. And it was us, the two of us holding this trophy together. And he like called me and he was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I can't believe you still have this. We, we did that a, was one of the funnest times in my life. We and, did such a good job of media too. Oh yeah. We would get Argonaut, Daily Breeze, LA Times, like every local print media yep. would cover it. Yep. And they would roll They were a little it. hesitant at first, like, eh, just not, but and then yeah, they knew. And then once they started coming out. I think the Gillis actually got a little bit. Yeah, the Gillis kind of we realized we were. We were kind of taken off. We were taken off. Yeah, we were taken off. So 
I think the last most seminal two two other media related things. This is um, that's playing here was on NBC, KNBC, mm-hmm. and that got a lot of play. I mean, that's one thing local cable, but when KNBC came out to cover the event, mm-hmm. and it played over and over on the nightly newscasts because people only watched those three channels. Right. Two four seven. We got a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. directly after that, and also Meaty Petey took on a whole nother level because they banter about him. Um, Look at those goggles. Look at, look at those. Jeez. Wow. Oh, we were going d- deep on Brian, too. Yeah. Um, they say something on this at the end where Kevin, interview Kevin. Oh, God. And he goes, it's always a fan favorite, Meaty Petey Valenzuela. And Brett Lewis goes, excuse me, Meaty Petey? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, Meaty Petey. He's very sweaty. He likes to dive into the stands like that. <laughs> and they come back to the, to the studio. And Brett Lewis looks at the anchor lady, I forget what her name was, and he goes, you always said you wanted an autographed picture of Meaty Petey Valenzuela. And that's when I fell out because I thought this has gotten to the point where the Channel 4 news team is bantering Mm -hmm. and joking about Meaty Meaty Petey. And I loved that. Amen to Meaty Petey. Oh, he he was was an athlete. He was a legend on that that, uh, at our tournament. There's no doubt. He was a complete legend. But, yeah, going back to your the local news, I mean, you look at – I look back at this now – we felt like we were celebrities. Like <laughs> I know, right? We got Brett Lewis interviewing <laughs> yeah, us. We got you know? Brett Lewis. Yeah. Well, he was. He was huge. He was at the big. Time. Yeah. It was like him and Jim Hill. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I just remember him showing up, and yeah. uh, I was like, "Okay, when's Channel Seven coming? When's Channel yeah, Eleven when, when coming? The other one's coming?" But it was uh, that was the tip of the iceberg for just us going gigantic. Yeah. And then I'm sure you're going to hit on what happened next. Of course. This is where he talks about, but yeah. he prefaced that by saying, and they're going to even shoot a hunks of the VBC calendar, oh, which we got to bring that out someday. Um, so then the next thing, of course, was being able. There it is. Yeah, this is where they're bantering. Yeah. You've always said you wanted. I think that's so funny. Paul Yep, He was around forever. Yeah. Um, the next big one was I had a relationship with the production team that shot women's pro beach volleyball. And we were able to get this on Prime Network, which it was Prime Network, it was a national network, and so was um, ESPN. And that was it in the game in those days. And, and this aerial shot that comes in on the backyards was so key because the OJ trial broke, which freed up our friend's helicopter. And we got a cameraman up there, and he comes flying in on Harding Avenue. And it's so legit that we were on national cable just mm-hmm. like the AVP, WPVA, Bud Force, whatever. Well, Let's go back to, because I think, I don't know if at the time the WPVA and the AVP had joined forces. They might have gone back and forth, yeah. It was something like that. But I remember Shasta was a sponsor. Yeah. And you had a contact with Shasta, and I forget the guy's name. I just remember he had red hair. And (laughs) he came in, was the title sponsor. Yep. And we were able to put this in production with Brad Douglas. Yeah. Who was with Prime Ticket. That's right. And he's a very good family friend of ours. That's right. But uh, he came out with a full crew. And I still, to this day, his cameraman that he brought with him, uh, I still see every once in a while. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I'll I remember the him. cameraman goes, I'm not getting on a helicopter. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely getting yeah. on a helicopter. No, it was, and uh, we got this shot. Like, this this lives forever. Look at like, the Paul Mitchell inflatable and the, the Shasta inflatable. truck that they brought in. Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. It was and done. And we packed the front yard. Yeah. I mean, you look at those courts now, and you're like, how did – that's like we, one-on-one volleyball. And right. we had two adults playing on this I remember – we were all in my room because my room was out back here. Mm-hmm. That was the main house. And then back out here was well. the room, right? Yes. We were all in my room, and I had brought the cordless phone in from the house. Uh-huh. So it, it worked all the way out in my room. And then I had my line out there. And on one line, I had the producer, Hugh. 
and I oh and I just gosh, said yeah. I know you can get this down to twelve thousand because I think a, a going show is around twenty, mm-hmm. and he's like Denny, we want to help you, but I don't know. And then I was talking to the guy from Shasta, and I was like, come on, you can give us fifteen. Yeah. And I got him to meet around fourteen. And I just hung up, and I was just like, we you got guys, it, we're on. Yeah. And we were like, oh my god, now what I do know. We do? Well, that was the that was it. I mean, yeah. we knew right there that we had made it. And it wasn't even our goal when we first started this thing in <laughs> no, 1983. No. It was just, we're going to have a fun yeah. tournament and have a big party and then, you know, play volleyball and then party afterwards. That's what it was. It was going to be dance music. And, yep. we were gonna, and we were so tired by the end of the day that we didn't even want to do that. It was, I think the first two years we kind of hung around and had beers, but it was like my legs were burning. Oh, moving I was in the and worst then the next pain. morning we had to yeah. take everything back. Yeah, your mom was such a, oh. God. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How about when God we? Because the night before we would have the the blind the blind the blind draw blind draw, um, and we would have Let's that draw, and, and she would everybody would be out there. We'd open a keg, we're having a good time. Yeah. Everybody's meeting their partner, and then she'd flicker the backyard lights. Yep. Okay, Denny, send your friends home. Yep. We Dennis, got a big day tomorrow. Yep. We got a big, big day tomorrow. <laughs> and you know what? It was, uh, it was all great. worth it. Oh, they would invite all worth every. It. The neighbors who originally resisted it. How about the VIP? We turned it into VIP. Every Boom. court would be a VIP area where they were the For only ones mom. who could break the barriers. And oh man, yes, that was brilliant. It was awesome. So this is great because I'm figuring your dad's got to be in his fifties around this time. That's yes. your dad right there. That right? is, and you're playing your dad on the first ever televised game. Uh huh. And he's playing with Lee Legrand, who was quite a player. Lee Legrand was in his prime. Yeah, he uh, was from Pepperdine University, and he was on our on the he's tour. On the pro tour. And uh, he was playing under the macadamia nut tree in the yeah, front yard. He was, was uh, brilliant. Oh, he was a defending BBC champion. So I had to try and dethrone him. Uh, That's right. This is the semifinals, if I believe. This is a semi or the finals of the. Losers but it was so bracket. great. I just remember having to do all these things, and then me and Elaine Roquet would call the event from right at the base of the macadamia nut tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. She takes us on a tour of all the courts, but we had to call it there. And then people would run up to me and go, "Hey, we're out of water. What should I do?" And I'm like, I got headphones on. I'm calling the game where they go, St. Mark's needs their, their mm-hmm. carburetor. You know, they need mm-hmm. their, um, uh, yeah. Do you have an extension cord? But that's, <laughs> that was so, that's, that the, was it. That's the coolness of what we were and who we were. We were just looked at as Denny, yeah. Michael, Wayne, just the guys Brian, running Danny, the Bowley. Yeah. The, yeah. It's like, yeah. who cares? Denny, where do I get a uh, ticket for beer? Right. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So I think that's what made it so cool and so unique. But this, uh, I think they really did a. I mean, the fact that we had no time to really talk about this event with them, it was. I a, remember having to a like couple days send back and forth faxes. Yes. About here's here's what should be in it. Here's what shouldn't be in it. Mm-hmm. Here's what should. And then the other thing I remember is I had to go voice everything. Yep. Right away, like the they were studio. like, we're not spending any more time on this. And I think it was the next day after mm-hmm. the big party, and I had to go, and I was just furiously writing on a legal pad what would fit within. Okay, something within twelve seconds. I'm like, okay. And I just remember yeah. just doing that and then just having to voice everything. But it really, it came off all right. Yeah. No, it you was, know. I was impressed. I still have a copy of this one because it was obviously, I didn't know if it was going to be our last one or not. I don't think, did anybody really, we didn't really know, right? I mean, we, we, we did it. Because the house is, and this is where the gentrification of Venice really starts to turn. You got a few things. The Lennon sisters and that had been moved to Branson, Missouri. Because yep. that's the route they were going to go from, you know, being Vegas and yep. Branson was their next opportunity. Yep. So that family, in effect, most of them moved there. Mm-hmm. Then the Blazers are talking about selling, and my mom's talking about selling her home. Mm-hmm. So now we have two more, and then I think the Blazers might have sold. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, going to sell, and we just went. And then we were all moving on. Yeah, we were lives. all doing our own things, married, so, kids. So when, when your venue goes, yeah. it's kind of hard to keep it alive because people say, well, move it to the beach. I'm like, it's not. No, that's it's not, not a backyard. Move it yeah. to a park. Well, that's not a backyard. Right. 
you know yeah. we'd so, have to start something all over again it's uh yeah i think it's 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 certainly going to go down as one of the most unique events uh in volleyball i mean i just i actually remember looking up something on the internet 10 15 years ago just what other kind of events and they're all normal at a park you know this was in uh, 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 one block, one block with yeah. seven, eight, nine houses, front and backyards. Yeah, five, five backs and three How fronts. does that work? How do you? We had one. You had to go across happen? Venice and Lincoln because that was at Kevin's house. So we, we had to. One. Yeah, and that, and, and yeah. that would take forever. That almost was counterproductive because you'd send two teams yes. over there, and they would take forever oh to God. get back with the result. Yes, and then so you get like half the amount of games over there. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, I love that she took us on a tour of all those. It was unique. It was certainly unique. There's no doubt about it. Well, as this comes to a wrap, I'm going to do what I do on my podcasts, and I'm going to give you some rapid-fire questions. Okay. And um, you just answer, and then we'll have a pop culture quiz. Okay. Okay? Yep. What was your first pet's name? Daisy. What was the first car you ever drove or owned? Owned? Datsun B210. Nice. Blue. Favorite sport to play? Basketball. Favorite sport to watch? Basketball. What was your favorite sports team you've ever been involved with, whether coaching or playing? My Loyola High volleyball teams. Which one? 2005. Wow. Solid. What was your first date with your wife? The Miramar Hotel, Huntley Hotel. Uh, There was a restaurant up on top of the hotel in Santa Monica on 2nd Street, yep. the Huntley Hotel. Yeah. Is that it? We got yeah. married at the Miramar, but ah. that was my first date, and I tried to impress her by asking. I know it's just one question, one-word one answers, but she, I tried to impress her by telling her that I played with Sinjin Smith and Randy Stoklos, <laughs> and she had no idea who they were. That <laughs> yeah, it was classic. It was great. Um, who's your favorite child? Okay, I was just joking on that one. Um, that would have been good, though, if you came up with something strong right away. I might. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to look in this box, and it's going to give us a clue okay. as to what our pop culture quiz might be about. Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know what these are? You need to explain them. Well, that's the uh, Cross of St. Lorraine, and it um, is a symbol that protects people that are in battle. Oh. And Magnum P.I. and his team of course it wore is. these um, when they you know, were in Vietnam together because he's part of a special forces team. So it looks like Magnum PI is going to be the theme for our. Um, I'll put you this can here. wear it if you yeah, want. Yeah, I just in order to answer this. Yeah, in order to answer it. Okay. Yeah. Can I put a small little tidbit on just sure. regarding Magnum PI? Absolutely. So this shows, just shows you. It, you talk about the uh, what was the uh, Kevin six degrees or the six? What was the? Oh yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So how about the fact that the director of Magnum PI was Mike Vehar? Right. Okay, and did all the episodes like. Mm-hmm. That was he was the sure. director, and then his kids Jennifer dated one of our relatives right. Kevin for many years mm-hmm. and was part of the VBC. Part of it. Their youngest brother Michael Vehar was also part. But like here's a comes, here's yeah. Magnum PI, and um, our mutual friend Sinjin Smith was on an episode of Magnum of, PI. Yeah, which I tell Sinjin, you know, you may have the most career this that Victories, and the other. Yeah, but the fact that you're on a Magnum PI, you now t- you got my attention. That's I like that. Yep, now you got my attention. All right, let's shoot. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, what uh, what college did uh, Magnum attend? USC. He did not. He was Naval Academy. What oh, sport did he play there? 
Be- baseball? No, he played football. What position do you play in football? Quarterback. Very good. You got one so yes. far. Okay. Um, what date did Magnum's father die on? He died oh, on a particular yeah. date. I and remember Magnum that. had to tread water to, sh- to earn his It was a trust. celebratory day. It was. Fourth of July. Oh, very good. What? Um, the Major Domo, the man who watched out for the uh, compound. Uh-huh. That was that was Jonathan Quayle Higgins. Okay. He had two dogs. Okay. What were their names? Poochie and Caniver. It was Apollo and Zeus, but I like your, your effort. Oh. The estate that they watched over was owned by who? Clark Gable. It was owned by Robin Masters, but you did pretty good. Darn not it. bad. Better than most. Okay. Better than most. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm a competitor, so let's do something else. <laughs> I want to win. No, we're going to have to finish on no, that. No, I want to do something. The only person to get I... a perfect score on this is the president of the AAU. Oh. He got a perfect score. On did he really? Quiz. Yeah. Roger? Roger Gowdy. Wow, impressive. Solid. Very impressive. All right. Well, thanks for coming, MB. Hey, this is awesome. It's, go, it's fun to go back and relive some of these things, and I'm going to spend a few minutes just kind of looking around and nice. reliving some memories. This is awesome. Thanks nice. for having me. Right on. Bitchin'. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice, and Christine Jinbo, and edited by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Denny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, head on over to sportsstoriespodcast.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time. Well, I know it's kind of late. I hope I didn't wake up. But there's something that I just got to say. I hope you'll understand. Because every time I try to tell you, Sports Story comes on at 5. So I have to say goodbye. Because it's 5. Roof, roof. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Check it out, book. Check it out.